When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And well, for the first time ever, we can officially say the Tripe Supper is a, a Premier League podcast. Uh, Vic, just yeah, looking great. back on the weekend, yeah, sum it up. Oh, well, it's fantastic. I've been uh, obviously sewing all my new patches on my sleeves. Uh, it's been brilliant. It's been a long, hard slog, not just this year, but over the last couple of years. Uh, and I think it's been well deserved by everyone involved. Uh, the, the team have worked really hard. The management side's really worked worked really hard. Gibbo's got his checkbook out again over the last couple of years to make that investment. And I think the fans have, stu- have stuck with that all the way. Uh, the growing number of fans week on week, the increase in noise and passion and colour over the last two years has been fantastic. Uh, the growing bond of unity between the, the players and the crowd has been a, a brilliant thing to observe and be part of. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we've deserved it. So uh, everyone pat yourself on the back. We've had a good few pints and it's, it's been a fantastic party and we all, we all deserved it. Those scenes at the weekend, Phil, that's the type that lives with fans forever, isn't it? Yeah, I think everyone realises the significance of getting up this season uh, and indeed the significance of not getting up this season for Borough. Um, big investment, as Vic says, in the team. That would have been difficult to maintain into, into next season just for the sheer fact of, of, of keeping within financial fair play. Um, would there, would there be a change of manager? All those kind of questions. We don't have to worry about that now in terms of looking ahead. I think I think in the final analysis, Borough were just good enough. You know, if you would take away, the, strip away the emotion of uh, the fantastic emotion. It's you know, as you say, it's a weekend that'll live long in my memory. Particularly the scenes at the final west, the final whistle. It was a surreal day all round. But in the in the final analysis, when push comes to shove, Borough were just about good enough. They held on when they had to hold on. They they resisted teams when they were in danger of conceding goals. They found a way to score vital goals. Um, in terms of pure football, I don't think it's been vintage stuff. But in terms of emotion, you know, going through the ringer, the event, the events preceding and uh, after the Charlton game, the Ali Brownlee, the the whole season's had a it's been again surreal for me. It's um, you know the Manchester United game. We think back to that. You know, it's almost something we've forgotten about. But to knock them out of the cup at Old Trafford, it's it, you know in ten years' time we'll look back at this season. Maybe it's a bit like the way we look back on two thousand and six when Borough struggled against relegation for most of it, yet ended up in a European final and we're, we're a semi-final away from qualifying for Europe for the third season running when, before they were lost to West Ham. So, t- terrific stuff. Um, really, really difficult to digest it, though, at the moment. Do you know what, sorry, it, it kind of feels as though, Phil touched on it there, that in the last two seasons, a lot more has happened than, than what should happen in two seasons. You know, the, the cup runs, various cup runs in both years, even the stuff with, with Karanka this year and, and the players that have come and gone. It does feel, doesn't it, like the, the club's kind of gone through a whole process over the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, we've kind of experienced the real kind of highs of, you know, as, as high as you can go, really. Actually, the last-minute winners against Reading and Hull, all equally as low as you can get, you know, that Charlton game and, and obviously Wembley as well. Um, I mean, Vic mentioned the word slog, and that's what it has been. It's been a pretty gruelling season, probably on and off the pitch, I think, for Middlesbrough, for the town, for the area. 
obviously with the um, the steel industry uh, losses there at SSI, and then obviously with Ali Brownlee, as Phil mentioned. I mean, it has been a real kind of difficult season for 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 a lot of people, a lot for the entire area. And I think it was interesting reading Steve Gibson's um, interview after finally Borough got there, and he mentioned that it probably was a little bit harder than he expected to get out of the championship. Borough went so close last season and were, you know, ultimately just didn't turn up at, at, at Wembley, but they were within a whisker of getting there last year. Now, if you consider that they spent 15 mil last summer, it sounds like Sean Dyche here, don't I? They spent 15 million last summer and we thought that would be the kind of enough to push Borough there, but then they still needed another little push in January. So you're talking probably an investment of what, pushing on 25 million pounds and still, I mean, that. It's so far margin that didn't guarantee anything. Like Phil said, it was just, wasn't and it was it? just, just and, and that's how intense it has been because it's been a real kind of strange championship season. I think it's you've had the three outstanding teams. I don't think any of them have been absolutely brilliant. I think all of them have been pretty, you know, endured a bit of a sticky spell. But you know, if you look at it, well, it, it maybe it's been a bit harder this season. Than well, that's the season. nature of this league, though. I mean, everyone does have a sticky spell. I mean, Burnley had quite a, a disastrous. Period leading up leading up to Christmas, then it was superb afterwards. Uh, Brighton had a major wobble after we beat them down there, and they they dropped down to fifth, sixth. Yeah. Uh, Borough had a, a few points in in the bank, and when they had their wobble, I mean we never really got any lower than third, and even then it was only by a point or two. So maybe we got away with our wobble by other people not taking advantage of it. But I mean that's the sign of a good team, isn't it? That they, they they dug themselves out of that hole, and. I think that the mark the mark of it is that when they came into the big matches against the their oppositions that they found a way. Uh, we, you know, at the end of the day, Borough were ninety seconds at Burnley away from being champions. Yeah. If they'd have held on there, that would have changed the math, math, mathematics dramatically. And the other teams, Burnley and Brighton, I mean, we, we took four points off them both. I mean, I mean, it's, it's slightly uncharitable to mention it, but. At this stage, this stage when we're all very, very happy and still on cloud nine, but I don't think it's been a good championship as a division. If you're looking at it from the outside, I know people say, "Oh, it's exciting, it's nerve tingling." <laughs> I think the re- one of the fundamental reasons why Middlesbrough got over the line is because teams haven't been good enough to punish them week in, week out. We think of the chance that dropped for Hull City. We think of Brighton's pressure on Saturday. How often did they really test Dimmy? Reading, you know, Reading, Reading. Isn't, isn't that the same as last year though? But no, last think, year, I, last I year we were on the other side of the divide. And we weren't able to punish the other teams when they were. Well, possibly, but but what I'm saying is that that is the championship, and 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 ultimately, Burra's quality was enough to get them over the line, and um, and probably the same to to be fair with Burnley as well. And they, you know, they had a couple of quality players that were just a little bit better than everybody else. It was just efficiency, wasn't it? Yeah, Burnley had a strong jaw that they had plastered on the front. Strong of the, jaw on, on the front of them. Did you see that the club coach, the open top mm. bus team? Hashtag strong jar on the front. I think the quality of the championship is only getting better. We've seen it with the seven years that Borough have been there. You know, the quality of it and how difficult it is to get out of the league is is is, is getting is harder every year. I'm is it difficult because the quality? Of quality? I'm not convinced the quality is getting better. Is it that is it that the quality is getting better, or is it actually just more teams are of a similar standard? Mm. So you get a team coming out of the Premier League that's just been relegated. They've kept a few quality players and lost a few quality players. So they're working with one hand tied behind the back to start with. Then you've got clubs like Borough who are really going for it, but they can only sign a certain level of play ultimately until Borough went out and got the likes of Jordan. You know, I think, I think it's, it's interesting that there's a, a whole clutch of clubs down there that have spent a lot of money trying to get out and mm. failed. I mean, it took Cardiff four years to get out and yeah. they were throwing money around like water. And Forrest threw money around and got, got nowhere near. 
Uh, Leeds had a good crack and, and got themselves right back in, into financial QPR trouble. Found themselves you know, the, the, Derby, Derby yeah. have spent money like like it was out of fashion for the last three or four years, and they they haven't got there. So, I think we should recognise that, despite the fact that yes, there's been investment, it's still a hell of a, an achievement to get yeah. out of this league because I'm, one slip and the you know you, I don't you think get you get dragged back into it. I'm oh, it's not saying it's not, yeah, it's, I'm it's saying it's not an achievement. We know we know from from the previous seasons when we haven't done it how difficult it is. Um, I think it's a great achievement, and it's it's a marathon, isn't it? It's a relentless marathon. You've got to get over the line. I, I, you know, the great thing is now that Borough can look forward to the Premier League, put this behind them. They got out, however by however, by whatever means it took, they got out, and then it, it's it's completely new world now. I think it's them. it's only going to go one way as well. The timing of Middlesbrough getting out of the Championship. Obviously, we know that the riches that are on offer and, and kind of Middlesbrough have transformed into one of the, the top thirty richest clubs. But if you look next season and the season after that, it's only going to get harder to get out of that Championship. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have more and more teams with massive parachute payments, with massive players on sixty thousand a week that you can't get off the books. That you know, I mean, we mentioned about Hull and Derby and the the quality. I mean. How much did Derby spend in the summer? And Hull City have a Uruguay national striker who scored what? He scored twenty goals this season. Still, they're not there. I think the quality is there. I think that a couple of teams this season have massively underachieved. Probably, I think Middlesbrough have been on par about finish where they should have finished. Yeah. Burnley, you know, you could argue that I think Burnley have possibly overachieved. Brighton certainly have overachieved where they finished. Um, I think Middlesbrough were reasonably the only one that finished where they probably should have really. If if we go around then, if, is it was is a kind of an abiding image from the weekend and, and an abiding memory from the season as such. I know Andrew Glover did a bit and, and he was saying that the image for him from the weekend was was Grant Ladbit kind of holding a bit further back from the rest of the squad and just kind of taking it in and looking into the stands yeah. afterwards. For me, the the, the the cipher for this season will just be one huge sigh of relief because every match now for about three months has felt like that. Yeah. I mean, it's everything's been accelerated and heightened uh, and the, the emotional intensity of every single game now for about three months uh, has had Teesside in an absolute pressure cooker. I mean, I, I can't believe, looking back, even just two, two or three weeks, how tense it was going into every single game. Uh, I think that, that, for me, is what this season's been about, and that's why it's felt a lot harder than it probably has been from the outside. Mm. Most, of the, most of the national pundits probably think, oh, well, Middlesbrough got there and they were always going to. But, you know, we've been... You know, everyone has been on edge now for, for weeks, months. And the one thing that actually goes with what you were saying there, because when uh, we were in the press room, when I took around, I went and sat down, and you saw he almost kind of slumped in his chair, like, oh, yeah. like emotionally drained, you know, and he says that he needs time off this summer to kind of recharge the batteries, because it has been a, a real tough two and a half, it has been a baptism of fire, hasn't it, a two and a half years, first two and a half years in management, you know, it has been intense, especially this season, the intensity has been incredible, uh, and, and that's the memory I think that I'm going to take from the season, is just that that real kind of emotional drain. When that final whistle, people didn't know what to do, did they? I mean, there was just mass celebration, you know, euphoria, relief. Um, and I think the summer's come at the perfect time now for us all to recharge. That euphoria, Phil, surely comes from the fact that it has been so tough mm. getting out of this league. And, and I think fans look back, don't they, and think of the utter dross they had to watch and distract them for so long and the hope that came and went under Mowbray and going so close last year. It kind of felt like after everything, it all came spilling out, didn't it? Yeah, and when you think back to those home games on a Saturday afternoon in the Strachan era and the early Mowbray era, when there was the official attendance was fourteen thousand, the, re- the reality was roughly nine or ten thousand. Mm. People had fallen out in love with Borough, home and away actually. Although the away support's always been fantastically loyal, even the numbers 
compared to now at the minute. And understandably so. And who, who wants to spend all the time travelling around the country watching defeat. an awful team? Mm. You know, Strachan Borough dreadful away oh. from home. Yeah, so we can all die. We can all process that and understand just you know how important it is. We also look as somebody earlier mentioned the clubs who just can't get in there at the Premier League: Leeds, Wolves, Blackburn. It's going to be someone like Derby or Hull are going to miss out this time. Forest. Brighton may, might miss out. Forest, Chef Wednesday, big big clubs mm. with proud traditions. You know they've won trophies. They, they can look back over some some of them pretty glorious pasts. They can't get anywhere near it. Some of them. So. It's, it, for me, the emotion was the final whistle, certainly. The, just we've finally done it. Not even celebration, just as Vic says, relief. And I think the moment, the moment for me, and there's been so many, would probably have to be Borough's winner against Hull. Because it came on the back of the Charlton match. For the first time that season after the Charlton match, I feared for Borough's promotion prospects, genuine feared for them, because they could have quite easily dropped into the top six and struggled in the playoffs and missed out again. And where did we go from here? wasn't a great performance against Hull, it was a gutsy performance, it was a battling performance. Hull missed a great chance, Borough go down the other end in stoppage time, score a winner, and suddenly the whole perspective of the remainder of the season turned on its head. The manager's back in, the players are behind the manager, the fans are behind everybody, let's just concentrate on promotion. I remember at the beginning of the season we were sat here looking at the fixture list when it came out and we said that Borough's first five or six away games were really tough and that will tell if Borough have the metal to go up this year. And I remember there's away at Derby, away at Sheffield where they never do well, away at Forest where they never do well. I know in December they had a couple of long ones and it mm. switched and never do well there, Brighton. And look, look at the hoodoos that have been smashed this season and that's yeah. when you kind of realise, I think it was Ipswich in December where someone like Mick McCarthy who was in the playoffs last year kind of just held his hands up and went, well... You know, we can't compete with someone like Borough like that. Yeah, I mean, we're we're guilty of over analysing it, aren't we? Because all fans do the same. They see the flaws in their own team, and they look at other teams. They see the strengths because Mm. that's how they they view it on the highlights. Uh, But you know, for us, you know, maybe we we're guilty of thinking it was. It, it was a tougher ask than it was because everyone else outside of Teesside was, was being convinced all along that Borough were going up. Was it? I mean, you say there about Borough being, being that good. It should have been over long before, and that's not putting the damper on it at all. But was it, was it almost typical Borough to lose those well, games against Rotherham and, and Charlton and Bristol City and I, make it? I, I think the season revolved around one single thing, and that was injuries disrupting a rock solid defence in January and February. But Borough still should have had more than enough to win those games. They should Even have done but, that but that, but that long run, run though, uh, of the, the poor results, which led to a crisis of doubt, that happened because the, the best defence in, in the division was disrupted. It wasn't just uh, Gibbo and Ayala, because uh, George got injured as well. And suddenly, at a pivotal time of the, of, of the season, when they should have been putting the foot on the accelerator and disappearing over the horizon, they had a completely different back four. And I don't think you can underestimate how how disruptive that was to the flow of the team, the way they play and the mentality and the, the way they organise from the back. So I think that's that was the pivotal moment in the season. I think that's and luckily, the they, uh, luckily they recovered yeah. from that. That's, everyone's entirely viewpoint, and they take Vic's point entirely, but I think at the time the manager lost his way a little mm. bit, and I, I think that's ultimately what led to the to the the now infamous meeting with the players. That, that was two and months that, that, later, though. But, 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 well, that was on the, that was, you saw it building. It was on the back of the Rotherham game, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, we don't want to dwell on that too much because, you know, it, it's, it's like looking back at a bad argument in an otherwise successful marriage. 
Borough got there and they did the job in the end. And, and you can look at different reasons why Borough had a little bit of a dip um, and why they had some great results. And I, that is a season encapsulated, isn't it? Mm. You don't always you don't always get what you deserve. But I, th- I just think Borough had a little bit of a wobble. All teams do. Um, the manager had a little bit of a wobble. All managers do. You know, if you if you'd asked Sean Dyche how he was feeling around Christmas time, he wouldn't have been overly motivated, well, would he? So, um, you know, we, we could we could look at we could look at separate incidents over the season. I do agree, Borough probably should have been out of sight. Frankly, they they got they got the players and the capability to do that. But it's interesting, isn't it, how their record against the top sides was massively brilliant. And the record against the lower teams was one of the worst, wasn't it? And I don't know whether that, that suggests maybe it's a, a slight attitude problem or character flaw, I don't know. It, it doesn't really matter, we've gone over the line. But it's just interesting that Borough played so well at places like, as you mentioned, QPI, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, Nor- uh, Nottingham Forest, place, places where we normally traditionally struggle. And, and, and then and got found out again, or found wanting against teams like Rotherham. Well, it's interesting. If you look at the season as a whole, I think Middlesbrough, their record against the better teams in this division, they got four points off Brighton, four off Burnley, four off Derby, three off Hull. That gave them the little bit of wriggle room that they needed so they could go to Rotherham and, you know, inverted commas, afford to lose at Rotherham. It didn't feel like it then. It felt like the end of the world when they lost at Rotherham and they lost at Charlton. But that, that performances and that record against the top four sides inevitably has... That has proven the difference. They could afford to lose the odd game at Rotherham and Charlton. Had that wouldn't have been the case had they not have done it in the the big games against kind of their direct rivals. Well, I did it that's in why the big the... game on, on Saturday. Didn't yeah, they? I mean, well, the first half on, on Saturday was outstanding. Yeah, it's how many times have we said but have, but have been more than good enough to win most games yeah. by half time, including the Rotherham match. Let us not forget, mm. but we should have been out of sight. I think it's interesting, you know. I think Itar's reaction, as John O said, was 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 really telling. That he said, "Look, I just want to go into a dark room and sleep for twenty four hours or however long we it is, and need a holiday." And I genuinely think he was. I think he was genuine in what he was saying there. You know, he's had he's he's, he's learned a lot himself. I'm sure over the last two and a half years. You know, he admitted himself he overreacted after the Fulham and the, the um, Cardiff results earlier this season. He said, "I put the pressure on the players. My reaction was wrong." We all know about the Charlton match. He must have been through the ringer a million times this year. And he's a young, relatively young manager as well. He's only in his early 40s. It's only his second full season in management in a foreign country, in a fairly unfamiliar league, with unfamiliar players. Let's, you know, and I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I've occasionally had a little bit of criticism myself about it, but putting that in perspective, that's a great achievement of what he's done to, to adapt to an alien culture, yes he's been supported, yes he's had you know money to spend, yes he's been able to bring in by and large his own players but when push comes to shove he's found a way hasn't he? I think what you say there about, about the kind of, Karanka had said before on, what, after the game when he was saying about going in the dark room and he kind of made out that you know that the pressure was huge all along and, and it was a few days beforehand he'd been saying you know, I, I can't, can't, man, can't. Can't. And it was the same with Ledbetter wasn't it? On, yeah. on Thursday Ledbetter had been saying and when he, he was up for the press and he was saying Forgot about Wembley in the, on the first day of the season, and then afterwards yeah. he says, oh, "I've had sleepless nights ever since." So you, it just shows, doesn't it? I guess that they've, they've had to put this, yeah. this, this metal front up, this steel front. And they'll need to do that next season as well. I mean, if you look at a few of the kind of the, the real negatives of the season have come after Middlesbrough's <laughs> defeats and everything that's followed, and kind of you know when certain things have been said that have been surprising from the manager, and, and a lot's been said about how Karanka copes with defeat. 
you think that this season is going to be a very steep learning curve for him. It, it has been, and he will have to take that on to next season because Middlesbrough will lose matches next season. They will lose two or three on the balance, and it is all about that front. They're going to have to show a United front. They can't show any cracks after two or three defeats in the, the Premier League, and then you look at the fixture list, and you've got Arsenal away, and then you've got Man United at home, and you're thinking, where's the next point going to come from? So I do think this season that you know Karanka throughout his career will look back and think, I learned a hell of a lot in this season especially. Steve Gibson's comments are kind of, you know, not that you needed picking up any more after such a brilliant weekend, but that was exactly what you wanted to read, wasn't it? Oh, of course, yeah. Right, good goal. yeah. Uh, I support the manager, we're going to invest, we're going to have a good go next year, we're not there to make up the numbers. And that's what people want to hear, isn't it? Because the worst case scenario is you go up and meekly surrender in the way that, say, Burnley did a couple of years ago, where yeah. they didn't really make the investment. And you look at the, the, the position they were in, in in January, and you think, well, you know, one or two buys there, and they could have stayed up. That's probably should have had a crack, in there. But, you, you know, you take heart from the clubs that have gone up. I mean, last year, for instance, I mean, uh, Watford and Bournemouth have invested quite a bit and uh, stuck to their principles and, and are, are safely in mid-table. And then teams in recent years, like South, Southampton and Swansea, have, have gone up. Uh, they've stuck by their DNA and that they've built a club and they've, they have a model that's successful and they've invested in it. And now they're established clubs at that level. And you think, well, why not? It's only a couple of years ago we were playing West Ham here in the Championship and now they're up there pushing towards the European places. So, you know, it, it is possible. Uh, I mean, not every season's going to... I think, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I think Borough, be, be it by luck or by very, very good planning, Borough were pretty lucky with injuries this season. Or lucky or, or it's by management, as I say. You know, you, you could think of a couple of players who really wouldn't want to be losing out of that team. Um, but that, that's being a slightly negative. But it probably just a little bit more quality in the squad overall and maybe two or three good tackle... I don't fear the Premier League next no. season, I really don't. Two or three really good buys in certain key positions, and maybe a little bit more strength off the bench again, because that's one of the qualities I had this season, wasn't it? You know, when you need somebody to turn to, you can turn to a Downing to come on, or a Doma to come on, or, or a player like that, to, to, to you know, a Nugent. It's, not, it's a great luxury to have that you've got a Nugent or a Rhodes on the bench. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, that, that helped them greatly this season. Do we expect Borough to go for... Tried and tested people that are experienced in the Premier League, or go abroad and look. Well, I mean, personally, I think that they've already, they will already have several targets lined up because that's what Victor Orta was brought in to do. He was brought in to prepare a, a, a list of European talent that perhaps you know a lot of the players that, that, that come in we may not, not even have heard of. They'll be playing in leagues that are very unfamiliar, probably not in the most glamorous sides because that's where the value is. So I think they might get a couple of those, but. I think they will know that you need, just as in the championship, you need a core of British players who know the division. I think they'll be that will be in their mind as well for the Premier League. So which Borough players now have Premier League experience? Downing. Downing, yeah. Um, Obviously, Woodgate. Ledbetter's got a little bit, hasn't he? Daniel Ayala's got a touch. Yeah. So it's really, you're going to need yeah. a bit of Premier League now, aren't you? I wouldn't be surprised if they sat. Nugent, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they sat down right now, almost at this very moment, saying, "Spine of the team, we need another keeper." We need another centre-back to support the two we've already got. Might add to the defensive midfield positions, although we've got three great options there. Certainly need the number 10 sorting out, because obviously Ramirez is a free agent. So, and then, a have you got enough up front? Mm. Have you got, you know, you look at those positions and you think straight away, that's probably what they're going to be looking at. Those key areas in any team, the spine of the team, I know it's a cliche, but there's a lot in that. You need, you know, you need that solidity 
whether it's a foreign player or it's somebody from within Britain, it really doesn't matter, providing you get the right person for the job. I Even think on the left as well. I, I think, think the flanks need more balanced, need, don't yeah. you? Yeah. As well. Um, the, Phil, just, just on what Vic was saying uh, about, about kind of establishing yourself as a, as a Southampton or a Swansea, you asked Chris Hewton exactly that, didn't you, after the game? Do you, do you see the potential there? Yeah. Just touching on that there, are, are the foundations in place for that, for that to fit? Are Borough like Swansea or Southampton when they went up? Do you think that's a really good question, actually? Um, they're probably not quite as. Um, I mean, Swansea have a real plan, don't they? Swansea and Southampton have a real plan. It's the manager's almost interchangeable. It's the system. I don't think Borough are quite that rigid. Um, although I talk Karanga, obviously, I mean, it's his team basically behind the scenes, isn't it? More or less, it's his coaching staff. He'll he'll know Arter even if he's not. And in fact, I know he's worked with him in the past, hasn't he? He knows him well. Um, the way I look at Burries, I just think you look at the teams that have come. As Vic's mentioned, you know, you've got, Watford have established themselves. They've got no real superstars. Troy Deeney, you want to argue, maybe, but your Bournemouth certainly haven't. Um, the Southamptons, they managed to stay up. Leicester's managed to stay up and and, and win the title. You look, there's loads of examples. Burroughs shouldn't be fearful. Um, I think if they, they don't need to go out and buy ten players, and, and I'm sure they won't do that. I'd, I'd be worried if they started trying to be too clever and get two, two or three, you know, let's be honest, more Carlos Dependias players who haven't really been tried and tested in in a, in a tough European league. Um, that might be a bit of a gamble, but other than that, I think they'll be confident that they can recruit who they need when they need them. I think it's going to be interesting because I think every team in that bottom half of the Premier League, from you know, including Palace in that and, and West Brom, with the money that they're going to get this summer, I think every single one of them are going to go and spend decent money, big money, and that that's what Borough will have to compete with. Not necessarily the, the transfer yeah. fee, but the quality of players. Well, and everyone that, in the bottom half is going to well, be that, capable of getting That's the scouting network they yeah. built, though, isn't it? Not to compete with cash, mm. but to compete by having the, the information. Well, I think the, the quality of the Premier League is going to go up next year. Well, you look think. at like Leicester, for example, with Kante, £5.5 million, was it? And, and then that, that's... Now, isn't it? Now, it's all the powers cash yeah. there, whereas someone else had gone and paid fifteen million pounds. So, but so when you look at the players in Leicester's squad, for example, I'm not saying we're going to challenge for the title next season, but we, I think we've all discussed the likes of Mark Albright and people like that. Mm. Um, you know, who would have said two or three years ago when he was at Villa, well, how long? You know, he's a potential Premier League medal winner. You know, Robert Hooth's a bit long in the tooth, but it brings bags of experience, doesn't it? People like that. Danny Drinkwater, nobody's idea really of a championship, you know, title medal winner. So um I think you can get too hung up on on big names. I think I think that's slightly I think think of what the Premier League's probably doing now more than ever is moving away from this obsession with signing a, a Ronaldo type player. They're a bit like Borough had when they came up in the in the nineties. It had to be a big superstar you, you can't do that anymore. No. The big superstars are at Barcelona and Real and, and um, Europe's biggest clubs at Bayern. We can't compete on that, in, on that, shopping, you know, in, in, on that shopping list anymore. We, so teams can be built around the next level of player. And so, as Vic says, it might be a player we've never even heard of, but he might come in and do a really good job. You know what's really hammered home about Borough being in the top flight? Next season you're going to have people like Pep Guardiola as Man City coming to the Riverside. You're going to see potentially the likes of Mourinho, Klopp, all on the Riverside touchline. You're going to have players like Harry Kane coming to the Riverside. Yeah, and Leo's that, got a knack for balls. These, yeah, <laughs> and then we'll be moaning because Middlesbrough last on match of the day again. That's you know that's yeah. the perspective that we're going to look forward to. Twenty pure 
<laughs> yeah. well, to be fair, after, after watching football league for a year, I'm I'm not going to moan about it for for all match of the day for every single week of next no. season. So now, cheers, fellas. That's great. Thank you.